This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how science fiction, horror, fantasy, and comics help us explore our humanity. The Inside the Exorcist popular podcast on Wondery looks back at the classic film, but not in the usual behind-the-scenes way. Working with audio designer Jeff Schmidt, host Mark Ramsey has crafted a unique oral podcast experience. We spoke about this and his previous Inside Psycho. You know, I have to tell you, I... I'm I'm already a big fan of this podcast because I just love what you're doing, and you know there's they sent me that great article about the different types of podcasts that are out there right now, and and this is so cool the way it harkens back to the theater of the mind they used to call radio in those days. Uh, yes, was that an inspiration a little bit for you? Um, it was absolutely an inspiration. <laughs> I think that, uh, uh, you, you know, I grew up listening to some of that. It was in its waning days for sure when yeah. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe I was just a weird kid. But uh, late at night, I remember, you know, at home with my parents, occasionally go off into a room alone, listen to the CBS Radio Mystery Theater mm. with E.G. Marshall. Yeah. And uh, it was, uh, that thing lasted until the early 80s. I got to kind of experience it in its uh, in its in its waning days, and then, of course, much later, I discovered the stuff that that was based on, which comes from an even richer history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to make sure when I when I adapted the inspiration of all that that I took it to a new place. Yeah, because my 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 belief, right or wrong, is that radio drama per se ain't going to come back. Um, mm-hmm. I generally don't think, you know, bell bottoms aren't going to come back the same way. <laughs> Punk looks from the seventies aren't going to come back the same way. Nothing, every, everything comes back, but never quite the same. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's, it's like that Wes Craven movie, Deadly Friend, you know, you <laughs> bring back Christy Swanson, but she won't be the same. That's right. <laughs> and I think that was in my mind as well. And even now when I go listen to some of the old, uh, radio things, the Arch Oblers, you know, who did mm-hmm. it as well as anyone, and and so on. Not only are they obviously dated as you would expect them to be dated, but in many cases, you know, the sound effects really aren't that immersive. You know, clearly all this stuff was done with Foley effects and all that in yeah. the studio and live, so you got to give them proper credit for that. But it, it really wasn't that immersive. It was heavy on dialogue. A lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't take into account the real advantage of using audio in the first place, which is, in the, for the purpose of Exorcist and Inside Psycho, is to scare people. There's more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. And the benefit that you have that they didn't have is uh, it, the, the production values of today are obviously much higher, and you can do so much more uh, with it and, you know, multi-track mixing and things like that, and it you can really create a much better mood than what they could do. A lot of times live, and as you said, we give them credit, but, uh, you know, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with good production either. You know, that's what, the way I look at it. Well, you know, it's, it, it's, it's even more than that because all of that requires, first of all, the desire to do it. Yeah. Um, because it's incredibly time consuming. I think for the teaser, just the teaser for Inside Psycho, which was about five minutes long, if I remember right, the audio production time on that took about five hours. Mm, yeah. That's an astonishing amount of labor 
to put into five minutes of audio, and it's very analogous to what it takes to make, you know, a Pixar movie, uh, just a regular theatrical film. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a community of artists and artisans, and it's a whole lot of time and effort. I know if you add up the time I invested in research, the time I invested in writing, the time I invested in recording, the time Jeff invested in his amazing, Jeff Schmidt invested in his amazing production. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's vast. Yeah. It's huge. And yet it's, it's not just because, you know, there was a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because the pot of gold ain't that big. <laughs> it was because we wanted to do something that we thought we might be able to do. We uh, liked the way it was coming out. It was coming out, if anything, better than I expected. Mm, cool. Um and it was I think genuinely genuinely in a lot of ways new to the world mm-hmm. in a lot of ways not not altogether but newish yeah um if you think about the things we did there i mean it we it wasn't radio i mean first of all my voice is virtually the only voice in the series so when i portray different roles i won't even say play different roles because i'm not you know i'm not doing a hitchcock imitation i'm not doing a a William Friedkin invitation. <laughs> I'm just portraying different voices mm-hmm. who are conveying the impression of the different characters so that you can understand the scene. And then the audio brings it all to life and you're literally in it. Mm-hmm. There was a, a scene in Inside uh, Psycho where I, uh, where the scene was me taking the listener on a tour of Ed Gein's house to kind of illustrate all the freakish ornaments and 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 you know body bits and pieces and lampshades made of human skin and chairs made of skin and so on that were in his house and people told me later that that was really one of the most uh, interesting things they had heard because here I was taking them on a tour so I was breaking down the fourth wall I was playing the role of a tour guide between the time Ed Gein uh, it left his house in the time that he was arrested for, uh, being a, a serial murderer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of evoking a tour of his house, which, you know, is, is literally impossible. It makes no dramatic sense whatsoever. Uh, nobody stops a story to do a, you know, an audience tour. Um, and yet it made all the sense in the world in the moment, and it was really a good visual device that didn't use any visuals. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that's awesome. I mean, that, the thing that you're doing, it is extremely creative. You, you, you know, you, you break down that fourth wall and, you know, you invite the audience along. That's so powerful. Uh, there aren't enough podcasts that are doing that. I mean, in the article I read, I mean, most of the podcasts really that, you know, my peers that do what I do, it's basically two guys sitting around talking, you know, just dating their opinions. And it's, well, uh, I like to, I like to, one of the, when, when I went to originally pitch the guys at Wondery who were, uh, uh, publishing the podcast. Yeah. That was the pitch. The pitch was, I mean, let's look at what's out there. Mm-hmm. You've got an awful lot of interview shows, which are, which are great. You've got a lot of two guys talking to each other every week, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, these shows are, uh, most of the shows you hear out there are either in the category of, uh, repurposed public radio or, uh, public radio-ish, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, podcast, native podcasts that are public radio-ish, or they're really kind of spontaneous, relatively unprepared, um, 
um, you know, talk shows. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a regular cast of characters talking about the news of the week or, mm-hmm. you know, something like this where you're interviewing me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that tends to be what most of them are. And it just occurred to me that if you're looking at the audio entertainment the way you look at video entertainment, then there are vast gaping absences. Then, you know, where, where are the kind of scripted, um, uh, experiences? There aren't that many of those. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of journalism in, in podcasting, but, um, um, and, and a lot of true crime, and that, that's fine, but true crime is kind of a form of journalism anyway. Yep. Um, so that is not all that fresh, but mm-hmm. when you get by, you know, what happened to John Bonet and what happened to Tupac and all that, um, what else is there? And well, if you go to television, you see, uh, we got reality shows, we've got, we've got game shows, we've got, uh, funny shows, we've got scary shows, we've got serious dramatic shows. We have, you know, dozens of genres which are vastly underrepresented in the audio space. And you have to ask why. Is it because it's hard to surface a show in that mm-hmm. space? Well, yes, it is. Maybe that's the reason. Um, is it also because, you know, people aren't aspiring to create that content in that space? Honestly, I think that's part of the reason, too. Yeah, yeah, it could be. And, and The Exorcist, I mean, I, I'm going to date myself, but I actually saw it in the theaters originally. And <laughs> and I, I remember the, uh, the, the almost mania about the movie. Uh, people were genuinely scared. Now it's a classic. But at the time, we really didn't know what to expect. and you know, as I got older, I was at the Smithsonian, and, and there was the Linda Blair, essentially, doll that twisted the head that they built for the movie was there on display for an exhibit I saw, and mm. it was eerie how much it looked like her, and uh, you almost expected her to talk. So I've been a big fan of this <laughs> uh, for a while, and I'm I'm glad that you're doing something like this. It, look, it sounds like you're just referencing the first uh, film. And, and nothing beyond that at this point? You know, the purpose of the series is to is to take one movie, tell the backstory, tell uh-huh. the understory, around story, over story, and beyond story. <laughs> um, that's really the purpose of it. And and also, I think, to, you know, it's, it's really, in my mind, it's a combination of two things. It's, you know, the great thing in, in Hollywood is that you pitch something by relating it to something that already exists. It's right. something meets something. And in this case, I think it's really dual, or uh, rather, um, uh, a feud meets gods and monsters. Mm. Feud is the the series, the the Ryan Murphy series that was on last season for the first uh, run, where uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis square off against each right. other. And it's kind of about the making of Baby Jane, but not really. <laughs> it's really about this feud between Joan and Betty, and you know, not even the feud between Joan and Betty as much as it is what it's like to be an aging actress in Hollywood then and, frankly, now. Uh, that's the larger story that they tell, and they just use Baby Jane to tell the story. Sure. And then Gods and Monsters is the is the kind of dramatic uh, retelling inspired by, loosely inspired by the making of Frankenstein. James exactly. Frankenstein. Because Whale was a notorious gay man in an era when, you know, everyone was in the closet. And um, it's it, it, I found the filmmaking there to be just extraordinary in that they took this familiar story 
and they vamped on it like crazy. They created all kinds of scenarios around it to, to tell a larger story. Mm. And that's what this show does. Not everything you'll hear in this in these series are true. But all of them are true-ish, <laughs> and all of them are designed to contribute to a larger story. I mean, in the case of Inside Psycho, the story is about, you know, one guy who, a successful guy who bets everything on something everyone told him wouldn't work, would be a disaster and would be a a, a sore spot in his career. Mm. And it turned out to be incredibly successful. And then he had the follow-up challenge of how do I follow this up? And he could never really rise to that challenge. Um, and that that's that's the story, if you think about it, of anyone who believes in something deeply and takes a risk on it. Yeah. Whether it succeeds or fails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a much bigger story than here's how many scenes there are in the shower scene. Right, right. Um, and in The Exorcist case, it's really a, a, a kind of a different story because Friedkin there was incredibly successful, incredibly young. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't Hitchcock at age 50 or whatever having decades of success. It was one guy who made, a, you know, a couple of movies, a handful of movies, uh, the last of which was a Best Picture Oscar winner. Yeah. And now here he was making Exorcist, and by all accounts, he was going to achieve the same thing, and he didn't. And then, frankly, it was all downhill from there. And it remains all downhill from there today. Uh, he still really can't pull a project together with any great uh, success. And here's a guy who was as successful in his day as anybody. And that, to me, is a different story. That's that's a story of a guy who has to come to terms with his limitations. Someone who succeeds very young and then has to realize that they can't do it forever. And there's a there's a, a lesson in the series that essentially says, you know, you don't always get what you want, but you always get what's yours, and you have to figure out a way to embrace that. Yeah. So here are two situations, you know, two dramatically different, you know, filmmakers, two dramatically different movies, and two much broader themes, and that's really what I was going for, to tell a much bigger story than, you know, a story designed for anyone who's uh, a fan of The Exorcist. Mm Mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Talk with Tony Tolado returns in a moment. And what led you to Wondery? I knew what I had in mind was cinematic. I knew what I had in mind was ambitious. And I knew what I had in mind was immersive. And I knew it was, frankly, telegenic. And Wondery was founded by, you know, a former uh, Fox International executive. (laughs) And the head of content was another Fox TV executive. Exactly. So in other words, it was a it was an audio platform. It was an audio publisher with um, deep television roots, and that means deep storytelling roots, and 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 also deep commercial roots. This is another thing. So much of the podcast space is kind of things that sound like or in, are inspired by or could be public radio. Yeah. And I think that's a perfectly legitimate stream of programming. But that's not the end-all and be-all. Public television isn't the end-all and be-all of video, and public radio isn't the end-all and be-all of audio. And and as a result, that's why I went to those guys instead of, you know, one of the various other platforms, most of which uh, are kind of populated by uh, refugees from public broadcasting. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's um, podcasting is it's people want it or are still waiting for that big explosion to happen. And uh, I, I think it's actually, if anything, it looks like what's happening is it's, it's kind of going a little bit more gradual. How do you feel about it? Yeah. 
Well, it it is, and and I and I the the, the biggest problem with look. Let me just tell the story <laughs> this way. Uh, when I take an Uber or a Lyft or something, I mean, you're in a vehicle where the guy or the gal's um, business is mediated by a mobile device, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all they're all using mobile devices. They're all pinned there to the dashboard or whatever. I would say in 99 out of 100 cases, the audio they're listening to is radio. Yeah, yeah. Now, you can't say that they're not tech savvy. You can't say that they're not, that they, you know, probably most of them, if not all of them, have Spotify accounts and use Pandora, and many of them probably have sampled podcasts. You can't say any of that. These are clearly tech savvy people, and yet they're listening to radio. Why in the world would they do that rather than tune into podcasts or tune into Spotify or whatever? And I think the reason is super simple. And that is that, you know, first of all, Spotify is a lot of work. Frankly, podcasts can be a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, radio is brain dead simple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's familiar. It's ubiquitous. It's a few buttons away. They're the same buttons every day that they've been all your life. You know how to use it. Um, you don't have to worry about it. If you don't like what you're hearing, you hit a new button and maybe you'll hit some music or whatever. The music it may not, you know, be the... Uh, uh, introduce you to a lot of new stuff, but it's going to be familiar and it's going to be good enough for what you need so that you don't have to sweat what happens on the dashboard while you're trying to drive the car and conduct your business as an Uber driver, right? In other words, it's just easy. Yeah. That's... Now compare that to the world of podcasts. You know, mm-hmm. discovery is challenging. Finding what you want when it's there for you is challenging. I remember watching my wife trying to uh, add a podcast in the previous OS version. And she goes to the ad podcast, and all of a sudden, up comes this thing that says, ad podcast URL. <laughs> she's right. like, what? what? I'm supposed to be ready to add mm. a podcast URL? <laughs> what if I just want a show and it's called blank, you know? Mm-hmm. If it's a, it's, so in other words, the user experience, uh, primarily um, Apple's, is just a mess. It's too complicated. There's too many speed bumps. Apple, has, in particular, has made the decision of segregating audio into two, into at least two bundles, one of which is music and one of which is podcast. I don't know about you, but when I listen to audio, I listen to audio. If it's if it's music or talk, that's up to me. That's not up to you. I don't go to one kind of radio. I don't go to one radio device for talk and another radio device for music. I go to the same radio device for everything. Yeah. So. They've created all these speed bumps. Uh, they've made it so difficult. Uh, the user experience is so clunky and remains so clunky mm. um, that I think it's a huge disincentive to say nothing of the fact that why am I going to go to a podcast as opposed to listen to the radio? Okay, there's not music on podcasts in general, right? So there's no music attraction. So I have to go to podcasts for something else. And what's that going to be? Well, if I listen to, if, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words, unfortunately it takes a thousand words to see a picture. <laughs> and um, there's a reason why we're gravitating towards pictures and video now. It's because they're so much easier to consume, right? Mm, yeah, for sure. We can consume them in bite size. We can consume them quickly. It takes a long time to consume a podcast. Um, a long time. Mm. Um, a thousand words is minutes of content. Yeah. That's one picture. That's right. So all these things are stacked um, in the way of greater success. In in my mind, 
I think that much more work should be done on the user experience to make it much more uh, mm-hmm. friendly. Yep. I don't think Apple has any incentive to do so because, as you well know, Apple doesn't make any money from podcasts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they make money from the devices on which you listen to podcasts, but, you know, podcasts is, is really almost a free bonus service for Apple at this point. And, uh, you know, Apple puts out phones every year not because they're free. That's so right. if you really want a, you know, a more sophisticated experience, mm-hmm. you're either not going to get it from Apple or Apple's going to have to monetize it. And I don't see either of those two things happening. Yeah, unfortunately, that's so true. That is so true. But, you know, the the thing about your, Inside the Exorcist is, uh, I mean, you're you're getting a lot of downloads, so people have connected to this, and that's got to feel very gratifying with all the work that you put in. There's no question about that. I mean, look, even the podcast category has its hits, right? Yes. They have the things which rank at the top uh, for at least a while, and then mm-hmm. they, they slide down at the end, or they keep going if they're forever. You know, not everything is This American Life, which is always high, not only because it's always fresh, but because it's on hundreds of radio stations all at the same time. Exactly, yeah. You know, not a bad uh, way to promote your content. Sure. Um, so, yes, I mean, it, 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 it has been embraced. But why has it been embraced? It's been embraced because it's been published by Wondery, for starters. And Wondery, you know, has a particular way of going about launching programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they invest in relatively few shows, and then they put a lot of effort into launching those shows. So what you're seeing in terms of that download response is not just an organic response to the material. It's also a reflection of how effective the launch strategy Absolutely, is. Absolutely. Just yeah. as the show that follows the Super Bowl mm-hmm. is much more likely to be a hit That's right. than the show that doesn't. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. So inside The Exorcist, uh, do you kind of have the, uh, I guess, uh, like well, I guess the first question would be, as far as a season, how many episodes do you plan on doing? Uh, Inside the Exorcist is wrapped. There are seven episodes. They're all out there. Yeah. And uh, prior to that, it was Inside Psycho. There were six there. Mm-hmm. And I can't talk about what's next, but ah. <laughs> we're already cooking up stuff for for 2018. I'm in the research phase now. Um, it, um, I think in the long run, we're just trying to keep things interesting. We don't want to get in a rut. So yeah. I think that you know when you listen to Exorcist, I think it's fair to say, is it, I mean, can you, can you, it's not easy to go to another horror movie from The Exorcist and have it, and have it work that well. Yeah. Um, because remember, The Exorcist is based on a real story, just it, like Psycho was. Yep. And there's a dearth of those real stories, for starters, and then there's a dearth of great movies based on those stories. Mm. And then in the case of Ed Gein, you know, there's five different movies that are based on that story. We've already told that one. So when I see people say, well, will you go to, like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Twilight Zone the movie? And I said, oh, my gosh. I I don't know that there's that much to tell about Twilight Zone the movie, and I certainly don't know <laughs> that there's that many people interested in Twilight Zone the movie. Earlier, people have been saying, are you going to do Psycho 2 or 3? Or, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, I'm certainly not doing Exorcist 2 or 3. I mean, we're not, I think we're going to avoid Roman numerals, Mm. number one, and we're going to find other, uh, 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 but we've got to find a uh, movie uh, about which there's a lot out there. Yeah, Um, yeah. A lot of stories to tell, and ideally Mm -hmm. some foundational stories. The one I'm I'm starting to work on now, I think, has some interesting foundational stories to it that 
mm-hmm. that that people don't know that much about, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to uh, maybe the Exorcist story where they did know something about it. Yeah, but um, that's the that's the direction um, going forward. Well, the only the only thing I would suggest is uh, two thousand one: A Space uh-huh. Odyssey, because that's so uh, that's such a big movie that I love. So two thousand one, super iconic. Um, yeah. I honestly don't know how many people would be interested in a deep dive. That's on true. That. That's true. Um, and I don't know, and frankly, I don't know that there's much out there about that. Mm. Um, you know, to, to much, much scholarship. Uh, people have said to me, "Are you worried now that you did Psycho, you did Exorcist, that everyone's going to like, do an inside look at you know their, their, this movie or that?" Yeah. And I said, "Be my guest. Bring it on, <laughs> because." Because it's incredibly hard. Yeah. Doing the research is hard. Doing the writing is hard. Doing yeah. the production is hard. Um, and making it go is hard. Having it add up to something bigger than the sum of its parts is very hard. Yes. Um, but um, you know, it's, this is not this is not a director's commentary. Mm-hmm. And um, interestingly, so far, I have seen a grand total of zero such attempts as this. Yeah. So um, I may not. I must not be the only person. Who thinks it's hard? I'm just the only person fool enough to not care. That's right. Well, yeah, I, I can, you know, as I mean, I put a lot of time, you know, I, I do interviews and getting the interviews is is a bear, and then editing all that stuff together is a bear. Uh, and I, you know, I try to concentrate on one area, so it's not, you know, I'm not competing with everybody else doing the same thing in that area. But what's easy about doing it where two guys talking is you record. Basically, you don't edit; you just kind of throw it out there as it is. So, if the guys go off tangent and talk twenty minutes on the subject, they just leave it in. So, it's a matter of ease. While you do a lot more production than I do, but most people don't want to spend like for a twenty-five minute show today. I'll be probably working on it for about two hours. So, and that's not unusual. So, you know, and, and, and I'm quick at it. I've gotten very quick with my editing. It just takes time. So, uh, well, this is, you know, but again, everything is like, things have a different purpose, right? Things have a different role. And it's like, if you, if you, if you watch, you know, an hour of MSNBC or Fox News or something, Mm -hmm. that's a a fairly low level of difficulty. Right. Which is why it's 24-7-365. Oh, sure. But then if you turn around and you say, okay, well, you know, uh, CBS Over the Top has a Star Trek uh, uh, series running. Well. You know, each of those, I don't know what each of those episodes cost. I'm going to guess, you know, five million, six million. Yeah, I would say. Um, and, and each one of those, as you know, takes, well, the series of, uh, how many uh, episodes is in that series, by the way? I believe they're going to do, I would say at least 13, probably no more than 24, you know, but I think at least Okay, 13. well, I'll, I'll bet you anything it's closer to the former than the latter, but let, <laughs> let's say it's 13. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, that's, I don't know, six months of oh, of, yeah. of work, mm-hmm. six, maybe another three months of, of production. Maybe it's a year uh, yeah. from the time the writing begins to the time the finished product. Maybe it's more than a year. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 five million dollars at least, I'm going to guess, per episode. Mm. Uh, maybe closer to ten. Yeah. It's a vast amount of effort and money. Uh, and, and, but that's what it has to be. Compare that to an hour of Fox News. You know, there's as many, one day, uh, one, one, it, it, one, um, half day 
of Fox News contains as much programming as an entire season run mm-hmm. of the new Star Trek series. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, you know. And they do that over Fox News twice twice a day, yeah. every day. Yeah. I mean, and that's fine. It's not that that's less than. It's just different from. Mm-hmm. And the different from, you know, has a consequence. Fox uses News is more of a utility, like radio is. Mm-hmm. Whereas a podcast is more destination programming, like Star Trek is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I think what I'm trying to say is, I would like to see more ambitious experiments along the lines of, you know, Star Trek over the top, if because th- that content will attract people to the platform, mm-hmm. despite the uh, the 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 speed bumps uh, that Apple erects, that mm-hmm. Apple and others erect. This is why, you know, Hulu's buying, investing in original content. It's why Amazon's investing in yep. original content, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera. Because they recognize that, you know, the hits are going to bring the people to the party. That's right. That's and right. if you don't have hits, you won't mm-hmm. have a party. <clears throat> and it's it's nice to be able to know that I can get this American Life as a podcast, but I can also get this American Life, you know, once a week on the radio. That's right. So it, it, if you become a kind of a, a home for something special, then um, maybe an audience is more likely to find you. Uh, you know, just before we close, there could be something that is potentially a game changer because we we have we actually have two of these here at home. Uh, Alexa, uh, which is you know the smart devices, my podcast will actually be able to be heard. I have to, I just said her name and she lit up, <laughs> but eventually. What's going to happen is my podcast will be able to uh, be heard, you know, on that on those devices, and eventually I see those devices finding a way into your car. So, you know, between that, that will eliminate the uh, the difficulty in, uh, in you know in getting the podcast because you'll have the computer do it for you. So uh, that could be yeah, it, it, that that that's true, except. You know, there's there's like a, a relatively small number of things you're going to do routinely, mm-hmm. and um, I I just think that that people are overestimating the value of of voice control when it comes to things that aren't essential tasks. You know, right? Um, tell me what the traffic is, or get me home safely, or mm-hmm. you know, where's gas nearby, or what's a what's a restaurant open at this hour. Those are like, you know, essential needs that I could see needing addressed. But, um, you know, from a world of an infinite variety of content, it's like, would your television be easier if you could look, if you could just look at the screen and say, uh, show me, uh, show X right now? Um, yes, it would if it's already a show you're tuned into. What if it isn't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What if it isn't? Yeah. You know, how many times can you shout at your TV, show me the newest Game of Thrones and see the same episode from last season? That's right. That's right. You're going to be seeing that same episode for another year. <laughs> That's That is so true. That is so true. Yeah, it's like it's the technology is wonderful, but, uh, you know, there's definitely, uh, as far as podcasting, some hurdles to overcome. Well, we the people are the limiting factor. That's uh, right. As usual in technology. And... uh I, I I think that uh, you know audio is certainly more complicated than than video in that uh, in on that on that front. But you know, I've been watching Stranger Things. I've been making my way through the second season. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, again, you look at that and you say, you know what? 
a podcast may take a, 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 one picture may be worth a, it may take a thousand words to get one picture out of a podcast, but it also takes a thousand images to get anything out of Stranger Things. Oh yeah. So you know you have to spend some time with it. So yes. at some point, people need to get trained or train themselves to say, "Let me spend some time with Inside the Exorcist to see if I like it." Mm-hmm. You know, let me spend some time with this show and see if I like it, just like they do with television. That's right. Because if they're going to treat podcasting the way they treat radio, which is, I tune in, do I like this song, yes or no, no, I'm gone. Yeah. Well, you know, that you can't consume it that way, and no one, it will never grow that way. That's true. Uh, you have to grow, it has to grow because of what's on it, mm-hmm. not because of how similar it is to radio, because it's, it's not similar to music radio, at least. No, definitely not. And, uh, you know, the holidays are coming up, and uh, we're going to, you know, tie a bow around this year and then move on to a new one. So hopefully uh, there'll be some interesting technological breakthroughs that'll uh, that'll help podcasting coming up. But thank you for your time. It's a very interesting program. I highly recommend it. And uh, I, I, before we go, have you had any, like, acting training? Because, you you know, you that is not easy to do what you do. Um, it, it, no, not really, no. Wow. Um, I, uh, just apparently I'm a ham. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to overstate that, uh, how, how, because that's, it's one of the things that's the biggest struggle. And, you know, the, uh, I'm on the board of the Broadcast Film Critics Association and we see an awful lot of performances and we evaluate an awful lot of performances. Yeah. You know, what these people do is actually quite difficult. Um, it, it is. Well, yeah. So uh, all power to them for all credit to them for how well they do it. They sure make it look easy, and I'm. That's they one do. Of, that's one of the things I've talked to enough actors in my lifetime, uh, you know, doing this. That uh, I mean, you they all approach it differently, but you know, if everything, if they hit all the beats, man, it's uh, it can be magic. A, a good scene between two actors is 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 amazing to watch, and. Uh, you know, you you can't teach it some of that to people. Well, you can train, but it's 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 a gift, and uh, you know they yeah. they may make a lot of money, but a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs are on them, as they say. So it's worth it. That's right. All right. Well, right. thank you again, and uh, yeah, inside The Exorcist, uh, I'm actually I'll be looking forward to seeing what you do next. Great, I appreciate it. I can't wait to do it. All right. Take care, Mark. Thanks. Look for Inside the Exorcist and Inside Psycho at Wondery, and of course, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbay, and Wondery.com. And you can listen to Sci-Fi Talk in a variety of ways. One is on CastBox, an app on Google Play. In addition, you can also find us at iTunes just by searching Sci-Fi Talk. Take care. This is Tony Tolado. Amanda Tapping from Stargate SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, and Sanctuary. You're listening to Sci-Fi Talk with Tony Collado. Enjoy.